Weep, O oh children of the dust, as the ages bleed away to darkness. Welcome to the Shattered Cosmos. I'm Waffle, your GM for this uh, Alchemist Club adventure. Uh, joining me today, we have... Daniel playing uh, the unnamed Alabaster. Kale playing the mysterious Michigan. I'm Zach, and I play Skip Wiggums. I'm Matt, and I play Neric Shadespear. Would somebody like to recap what happened last time? We battled. You did. Never got in a fight. We went and... down into kind of an... It's not really an underdark. We're not that low, but it's underground. Yeah. Um, in search of treasure, we were just kind of thrown in. Yeah. Um, and sure. we... Uh, we hit a dead end like immediately um and then figured out how to how to open up the way um saw some some like humanoid bird corpses along the way Stringer. and then yep we um, stringers yes stringers uh, that Stringer. is the yeah. colloquial term for them got it um and then we ran into a, a few more a camp and one guy who was a little lost Killed the killed the lost boy and then killed the rest of them. Yep. Got a mysterious potion along with some other loot. Yeah, got some weapons, got some arrows, but no bow. A veritable treasure trove. Yeah. Oh yeah, and we have, we have that potion, and I think Did we're we... looking to go inside this like it's not like a tower, but. Yeah, it looks like the entryway into some kind of facility or building, though. Yeah. What what was the what does anchoring drought do again? The potion. Uh, basically, you drink it, and then for I think the next twenty four hours, uh, you can teleport back to the spot you drank it at as like a. Fraction. That's right. Yeah. Oh right, we were multiple times. Uh, just the once. Damn. <laughs> I'm guessing it's only one of us. Yeah, one of you, and then uh, you can be carrying like one other person or large object, but um, you do have to be able to like move in order to carry stuff. Yeah. Well, that seems some li- limited utility, but <laughs> yeah, we'll see. for now. Um. Yeah, so you are all at a small camp that has been, uh, as best you can tell, sort of hastily abandoned at the entrance to this unknown facility. And up ahead of you, the long brick stonework of this tunnel gives way to a metal doorway of sorts that, as far as you can tell, used to have glass doors there or some other transparent material that has since been shattered and melted and cast to the sides leaving a gentle breeze emanating from the depths of this facility with a scent that you can't quite place there's a musty aroma to it i'm trying to think if any of you would know where to place this i think uh, Michigan might have some sense of this scent. Uh, this would be something you would encounter if you'd ever done like calligraphy or 
ornamental paper making. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's kind of like a pulpy, rotting scent from somewhere deeper in this facility. Oh. Michigan sets his job and says nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you've stripped what you can from this uh, campsite. It looks like whoever initially constructed this also left in a hurry, but they did gather up most of what they could before they left. So you see there is still a tent here, and there was this one backpack with a few odds and ends, but much of what was here or what you would expect to find in a campsite is missing, either due to its former occupants leaving or the stringers having already picked through it pretty thoroughly. The fact that there was still... Uh, a potion nestled at the bottom of this backpack is probably more a testament to their inattentiveness than the time that's gone by. Probably ought to keep moving then. Probably. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's head towards this entrance then. Okay. Yeah. And we all healed up last time, right? You did, yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Just wanted to Your cat healer attended to you and made sure that everyone was topped off and fresh. And now you have a little bit more armor to keep knives out of your guts. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm full health. <laughs> Did you ever lose health? Nope. I think it was just me and Skip. <laughs> you know, there's, there's actually an infinite... Uh, there's actually between zero and one is infinity, really. So um, yeah. it's yeah, all I keep telling infinity is that. all I need. So turns out the solution to Zeno's paradox is Occam's razor jammed directly into your jugular. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, let me know if you see Occam. <laughs> okay, uh, you was. all proceed deeper into this castle. You're not entirely sure what you're entering, but the... Oh, is it bricked? Uh, no, it is made primarily of metal and some kind of sagging, rotten, fibrous Yo. material. Yes. Uh, okay. uh, it looks as though they had a sort of metal framework, and then this substance was either like sprayed or painted over the top of it to create uh, passageways and... You can see bits here and there where this material has sort of sloughed away and melted through the years, and you can peek through into this steel superstructure that extends far beyond the walkable hallway. In, I would say, uh, contrast to what you might expect of a normal building where on the other side of a wall would be another room, the spots where you can peek through here and either cut away segments with your dagger or just hold up a torch and look through, you see that there's not a room on the other side, but there's usually a sort of interstitial space between these two walls that's about two and a half feet wide and looks to have more of these rails set into the floor, albeit on much smaller scale. Oh yeah, we got the impression that this um, may have been some kind of like production facility just because of the rails. Well, the rails don't actually go in here. They no, but they up... go up and it's like a drop-off point, right? Yeah, they come up to the door and then veer off again. So it's 
it's possible that this could be something where oh. materials were being brought here, but the cars that you have seen so far look like they were built to hold people rather than oh. like raw iron or anything like that. So just like a tram. Yeah, 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 yeah. people movers. <laughs> Up ahead, the uh, the floor beneath you is a like sleek, smooth tile surface with stonework that's been fitted together very, very tightly. But it has also seen the weathering of ages and the stones have become buckled and uneven. And up ahead, this hallway that was no doubt once ornate and ostentatious looks as though it opens up into a large two-floor rotunda sort of space. Uh, circular, there looks like multiple passages leading off of it. But what catches your eye immediately is the sort of ghostly, ethereal light that seems to suffuse this place. It's hard to tell exactly where it's coming from. It almost seems like there are random motes of light floating in the air, drifting to and fro, that cast this place into a gentle, pleasing blue color. It's enough light to see by, at least, and it's also enough light that you can see uh, the pretty unmistakable sight of a human body slumped up against what might be a fountain or some kind of circular bench in the center area. Of the rotunda? Of the rotunda, yeah. Right okay. in the middle right in the middle of this circular room. Uh, so there's it's a circular like floor and then there's like a balcony that runs along the outer edge as well that looks as though it's got uh, some like protrusions out there, like you know, nice little spot for a cafe. <laughs> um Oh they're like tables? Yeah, uh, it's it's hard to tell in this light, but it looks like there might be some tables and chairs up there. Okay. A couple other things you do notice on your way in here. The first is that the floor here it has some kind of alien or unknown script embossed into the stone. So it, it looks like it was meant to be here or it was included here with the original building. S set into it in some kind of semi-precious metal. S slow! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can't read this particular script. It's probably a thousand years old or more, but um, it's, a, it's a little uncanny because you can recognize some of the letters and some of the structure of the writing. It just makes no syntactic sense to you. Uh, right. The other thing you notice is that this space looks as though it was once more than just a uh, sort of empty stone room. Uh, off to the corners, you can see places where... Uh, how best to describe this? It, someone has set up camp in here, but it's not the sort of temporary tent and fireplace like you saw outside. This would be 
once upon a time somebody lived in here and you can see uh, evidence along the side of one wall where it has been blackened by the grease of countless cooking fires and you can see off to one side uh, sections of the wall where it's been sort of carved away at or uh, you know hooks have been hammered into it to hang things on little uh, almost like a crudely made bookshelf that is sitting against one wall and slumping over with rust and decay. Okay, so the body's in the center of this. We're in the rotunda, or you, at the entrance to the rotunda. The entrance, yeah. Okay. Does that is that body like covered in dust? I'm I'm not even going to approach it. Yeah, Does it look like it just got there, or the, is it yeah, bones, or is it like... new? The, yeah. I mean, it's hard to tell from a distance. It is not a skeleton. You can see. Uh, one of the outstretched hands that is sort of grasping at the lip of this uh, stone ring in the center here is human, or at the very least has skin, five fingers, you know, all the usual hallmarks of humanity. So they are currently facing away from you. So like they, they would have been facing in the direction of the rest of the rotunda when they collapsed. Another thing you do notice almost immediately, and uh, it's clear from the uh, small murmur of astonishment that someone else in your number notices it as well, is that there is a pile of currency spilling out of a bag at this creature's side. Oh. Um, a, a brief word on the concept of gold. Uh, when I say you find gold, um, I do not necessarily mean the precious metal. There is a sort of token system by which the Lord of Gold can distribute promise of payment and riches through something that is not a precious metal. You're not entirely sure what gold actually is, but imagine uh, essentially like a waxy wafer or tablet that has... a uh, a surprising amount of heft to it for its size and like a almost a faint squishiness or a yield to it. It's a little unpleasantly biological in a way. Yeah. Um, but these uh, wafers or poker chips uh, typically, you know, their long proper name would be something like a promise of payment on behalf of the Lord of Gold for services rendered and loyalty to its benevolence, but everyone just calls it gold. Can I just call it a stacks? Yeah. Yeah, you can call like it whatever stacks. you want. Um, all right. So there's uh, there's several stacks spilling out of a purse at uh, this person's side. A not insignificant amount, judging by the... Uh, they use a sort of shape uh, to designate different... Uh, you know. Fuck, what's the word for it? Like, different sizes of bills. Yeah, denominations, thank you. Yeah, okay. um, And you can see from the hard triangular edges of these pieces that these are not small bills here. This would be perhaps maybe not enough money to completely wipe away someone's debt, but it would be enough to uh, certainly buy your way back to the surface under the watchful eye of Cyrus for an evening or two. 
Hmm. And hmm. the wait, the, like not even not even permanent. Just like, no, no, no. Uh, yeah. it, it would be enough to you know stall out your execution for a couple days. You have to understand, the system is rigged against you. You are yeah. never intended yeah. to survive the experience of being a salvage crew. <laughs> this is, uh, in, in so many ways, just an extended um, death penalty. But uh, Michigan puts his hands up in a cross and says, Bridge 4. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. All right, bridge crew. Let's bridge crew. Let's uh, let's fan out. Um, <laughs> the the fifth person among your party, uh, I will remind you briefly. Oh, that's right. Is a simple day laborer, uh, probably a roofer, by the name of Appa, and he has spotted this gold, these stacks, as the kids call them. Uh. And he moves to claim this treasure uh, before anybody can uh, think to grab it first or uh, get between him and what is clearly salvation. And so he uh, rushes up to this corpse uh, intent on securing his prize. Michigan's instrument starts to go crazy (laughs) and starts... Uh, wiggling up and down and going, hey, what do you think you're doing? Those are our stacks. Get back here. Uh, Wait, do we hear that? I I assume it speaks out loud, yeah? Yeah, there is a mouth. It's like... It, it talks. It's a sentient sitar, yeah. Appa has. I think we all saw it at the same time. <laughs> Appa has I'm... scooped the first uh, small number of these triangular, squishy wafers into his grip when the blue motes of light uh, begin to swirl and coalesce. And uh, what are all of you doing at this moment? Uh, yes, slowly. we're just watching. I, 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 I turned to have a conversation with the the, the tar <laughs> when this started happening, okay. and now I'm turning in the maze. Yeah, no, Michi guy's holding um, the sitar at bay. He's wiggling forward, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. What happens is that. Very, very abruptly, the room is bathed in bright blue light. And whereas before there had been only these flickering motes, now suspended over the uh, stone circle in the center of this room, there is a vast shimmering head. And this head... Uh, looks from side to side briefly, uh, flickering and intangible, and then begins to speak in a strange language. The stranger part still is that somehow, even though you cannot grasp these words, their meaning or their purpose finds a way to worm into your head and settle there. And somehow you know, despite this nonsense having no meaning to you you know that this 
entity, this vast shape, is offering you unparalleled deals and efficiencies. Uh, and it is, it is offering you uh, synergistic solutions to tomorrow's problems today. Oh my god. Gone looks oh. at all his fellow companions and says, meandering thoughts, a precious, desperate treasure in spite of the trap. <laughs> uh, and as this figure goes into its spiel, uh, it dissolves away, and for a brief time, you see you know three figures, two of them shaking hands while another smiles behind them, and then rolling pastoral fields. And if I was really clever and we had a sponsor, this is where I would edit in. Um, <laughs> I would cut away, and as you are all entranced by this strange hologram, we would do a, a commercial for Squarespace or something. <laughs> Um, because indeed, you find it hard to look away, uh, and you find it hard to turn away from this, uh, this ad that has been so carefully engineered to absolutely demand the attention of those who view it. And perhaps in another time and another place, the denizens would have been inoculated or resistant to this kind of subliminal advertising but uh, i see you to my dreams you you have no such defenses against the thing uh and i will need a saving throw from each of you uh Narek, since you were looking away when this first started you can have a plus two on this or okay uh yeah so okay remind me what's all yeah yeah i was about to say is there any sort of specific to <laughs> yeah this yeah yeah um so i think uh this will just be a mental save okay okay so uh, so the way that this works the... uh you have a save threshold that is based on your you have to get higher than a 14. yeah and you just have to roll above it on a d20 i get higher than a 14 ah okay <laughs> I got a 10. Okay. Oh, I got a 13 with the plus two. Damn it. Ah. Uh, I also got a 13, but I needed uh, to hit a 15. So. Okay. I got a seven. <laughs> you are all, for the moment, entranced. Maybe not just by the promises of synergy and business solutions, but also by the depictions of these rolling hills and pastoral fields and smiling families and sunshine. And it's, for a brief moment, even though it is made of flickering blue light, it feels so real and you can almost smell grass. And then you are all jarred out of this experience by the the terrible gurgling noise that Appa makes when his throat is slit. Oh, oh no. Uh, we're, yeah. we're stirred out of it, or...? You are stirred out of it pretty abruptly by the smell of blood and the burst of adrenaline. And you can see that there are uh, two stringers who have uh, presumably dropped down from the balconies above and... Uh, they move in a very peculiar way, uh, sort of sidestepping and stepping backwards, always keeping their faces averted from this vast talking hologram. Uh, so they 
they seem to have already learned its uh, particular siren song and how to evade it. And they have just uh, sunk a dagger into Appa's undefended body while he was uh, kneeling there in front of the corpse, a head turned up in rapturous awe of this device. Uh, no doubt in much the same way that the body he was pilfering from once sat. It's a, it's a pretty deep wound. Not instant fatality, but uh, he is certainly dying. And as the stringer yanks this barbed knife out the side of his throat, um, it, it seems to take notice that there are more of you. Uh, very clearly, they were expecting a, a one or a two scavenger. They did not expect to see four more of you. And uh, there is a shrill, squawking cry of uh, alarm and indignation that you would... That how dare you all come as a group instead of dying one by one. Yeah, Minnesota goes, hey man, you guys can have all that. We didn't want it anyway. Dying, <laughs> dying is the cool thing, but just not right now. <laughs> uh, so this is a new scene, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, and how far is Appa from me? I would say probably 20 feet out into the middle of this space. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna commit effort then again and try to heal him. Oh, get, okay. get within range to heal him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do have far healer, which gives me a range of 10 feet. Okay. So I'm not gonna go up right next to these things, but... I will come forward a little bit to try and so, save his life. As you start moving forward here, um, what is your oh. AC? Uh, 12. Okay. Some, maybe some inkling of what else is in store or your senses notice something before you can uh, consciously process it. You you stop and you just before you would you know dash forward out into the open to uh save the life of this stricken man you come up short and an, a moment later the uh whistle of an arrow gliding past the bridge of your nose and clattering against the floor uh, meets your ears and judging by the angle that it came down at there is probably another stringer up in the balcony somewhere with a bow and arrow. Oh. All right, boys. They got more people than I got strings. We need to get out of here. <laughs> Is that a haiku? <laughs> it doesn't have to be. Not when it's the sitar talking. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's the rule. Is uh, Michigan always talks in haiku, but the sitar can do what it wants. That's exactly right. That's how you get how I get around the curse of the rising sun. Yeah, yeah. Can I get a initiative roll from everybody? That's one d eight plus your dex mod. Yep. And uh, uh, just a uh, small point of order here while everyone's doing that. Um, Narek, you yep. have a rank one diplomatic grace. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, so I was looking at that when we when we started the whole thing. I was like, I don't know if that could have done anything, but yeah. Well, uh, I'll say that now that you've heard enough of them, 
you're fairly sure that stringers themselves don't have like a unique language, but they are using a language that you know. Uh, it's a dialect of some like regional scavenger pigeon speak that's used on the southwestern side of the city. Okay. And so as the two of them uh, go stumbling back into cover behind this stone balcony, you can hear one of them uh, shouting and squawking up to another. And at this point, you've heard enough of it that you're pretty sure you can make out the gist. And it's something like, Talskin! Talskins! Kill! Shoot! <laughs> Not exactly, like, you know, poetic. But... Yeah. Wait, does that mean I would have known what, uh, what was the one thing from the, the Gabada? first... Yeah, do what I've known what Gabada means. Uh, you're a, I'll take a no check for that when you have a okay. like a spare moment, but sure. Um, that's some, certainly something you could investigate. Um, so the other stringer goes diving behind cover and squawks something like, "Thought there were no more. Thought we killed all tall skins." And uh, what is everybody's initiative? Nine. Put it in the chat. Um, yeah. Chaos first, for sure. Okay. I got a seven. Cool. Yeah, I got a four. And I'm bringing up the rear with one. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I'll get a turn. Yeah. Right? That's fine. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. I only got to hit you once. He's <laughs> true. So, there. Michiru, or yeah. Michigan, I don't know why. <laughs> You're up. Um, Michigan takes a step forward and pulls the straps off of his sitar and holds it um, like head in hand where the you do the tuning tuning knobs are. Yeah, yeah. He says, "Near the enemy, Michi or um, Minnesota, become my blade. Protect friends now." And you see uh, small, impossible-looking frag, like filaments, start to fold and bend as the sitar becomes a, becomes a sword. And I just I walk because I'm assuming this takes a full action to do at a lower level, but I hold it out in front of me menacingly. Okay. Um, and like defensive posture. So, uh, I'll give you just a little more info on this room now that things are lit up and active so it's a circular room about 50 feet in diameter so 25 out to the center spaced along the edges holding up the balcony floor are these columns or sort of flat wall partitions that would provide pretty decent cover against uh incoming fire and things like that and yeah. then as far as where a staircase would be to get up to this top floor, it looks like the stairs are on the far side of the room, uh, sort of on either side of this archway that leads deeper into the building. Okay. Yeah, but like my my initial thought would be to show them that I have a real weapon. It's <laughs> mm, yeah. like an intimidation factor okay. to see what they do. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, do you like? Do you play it up at all, like swirling it around and you know posing, or does the blade mostly speak for itself? Pun intended. The blade mostly speaks for itself at this point, but yeah, I do I do, you know, get into a defensive posture after okay. the flourishing transformation. It yeah, looks yeah. cool. It has it has background music, but <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's still season one. Like you, you know, you got to yeah. build up to the the full transformation. All right. Back. Uh, they definitely seem taken aback by the fact that a guitar just transformed into a sword. Um, and Narek, uh, what would you like to do? So I pull out my long sword, making a big show of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, after hearing <laughs> them, after after hearing them talk and everything, uh, I. Are there two next to uh, what's-his-face that's dying right now? Yeah, so there's, if you think of the center area, there's this sort of, like, five-foot stone bench in a circle around the hologram projector, and the stringers have retreated to the far side of that bench to regroup and reassess after finding more of you than they expected. And... So there's two down there, and then there is at least one more up in the balcony somewhere with a bow. And uh, uh, can I like can I talk to them as like a free action? Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, so I, I point my sword at the ones nearest to um, our our dying friend there, and I tell them, you know, this isn't going to end well for you, like it didn't end well for your friends at the camp outside. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, leave now, or it'll be your last decision yeah. that you make. Right on. Um, do you want to roll me convince, or um, I'm trying to see if there's another skill that would be. I, no, I think convince is probably <laughs> persuade a listener that something you are saying is true. This, yeah, this is very true. <laughs> yeah. All right, so it's a uh, it's a twenty. Uh, so this is a skill check. So just two d six plus attribute plus your skill. So I'm gonna say attribute here is probably charisma. Okay, I don't have anything for that. All right. Um... Oh, that was a eleven. Okay. Yeah. Um, that is. More than enough to make them roll a morale check. So this is uh, kind of a neat mechanic in Worlds Without Number. A lot of enemies have something called morale, which is uh, essentially a score that they have to roll against. And if they ever fail that score, they are uh, compelled to retreat or regroup or otherwise you know, try to get away from this uh, imminent threat. Um, so, uh, you strike a pose and you call out to them and, uh, you can see the small feathery shape sort of perk up from behind the fountain, uh, not expecting to hear their own speech coming back. And then, uh, there's a, a cawing cackle from the, uh, not from the ones down by the fountain, but from mm-hmm. somebody up in the balcony who says, ha! Tall skin, we have killed your kind before. We will kill them again, as many as it takes. This is the will of the head chief. 
All right. Can't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> so, and then I just charge in at the two. Okay. And the uh, shocking assault. Yeah, you just vault right over that fountain and fuck them up. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Uh, so there are two of them back there. Uh, I would say they're ba- basically equally kitted out with little to nothing. Um, just pick the one on the left arbitrarily. Yep, that's fine. Sure. Yeah, go ahead and uh, roll your attack. Uh, that is a total of 15 to hit. Yes, that will hit. 8d8. Do I add anything to the D8? Uh, strength or dex attribute uh, modifier? Right. Uh, that is total six. Oof. That's quite a lot. Um, you grievously injure the one on the left with your first strike. Um, they try to scramble away as they hear these sudden footfalls, but you approach so much faster than they were expecting. Um, and as it, uh, collapses in a spray of blood, uh, with a warbling gurgle, uh, the other one recoils, a uh, knife flailing wildly at the air, uh, and says, eh, fast, Tolskin, fast! <laughs> and then it is, let's see, Michigan, Eric, ah, yes, the archer's turn, excellent. Um, what is your AC, Narek, now that you have your fancy new, uh, whatever armor I gave you? I've already forgotten. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, 14. Thank you. Okay. Uh, equipment. There it is. Uh, okay. That is not going to hit, then. Uh, you managed to, again, through some supernatural instinct or just a natural fighter's reflexes, uh, sway to the left, and this arrow glances off the new plating on your shoulders rather than taking you in the back of the neck. And you can hear uh, colorful swearing from up above as this uh, stringer with a large hunting bow goes scrambling back into cover. I think you're regretting your choice about now. <laughs> and then it is uh, the stringer that just died, and then the other one. Uh, this one lunges in at you with a dagger, and is not going to hit. Uh, so that will be... Uh, what's your AC again? 14. Okay, you take one point of shock damage. Okay. And then Alabaster. So you said that there was cover nearby, right? Yeah, sort of along the outer edges of the room. You can uh, circle along. And I. Or, oh, wait. I can't see. Uh, sorry, oh. I skipped you, Skip. Oh. I kind of figured. My bad. <laughs> I, I must be something to do with the name. Sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah. I just need to find a rock or something I can throw. Okay. Um, uh, there's 
miscellaneous <clears throat> bits of tile here and other things. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take a particularly uh, sharp and square bit of tile. Uh, and can I see the the hunter or the hunting one that's shooting at us with the bow at all? Or is he totally uh, within cover? Is in cover, but you can see sort of the top of this. You can see like a feathered crest poking out. And every so often they'll dart up and look around and then clack their beak and dip back behind the shelf it'd be a a difficult throw to be sure okay um hmm. uh then can i actually is there like a way i can make a sneak to try and get around to bring it towards the stairs yeah 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 the outer edges of this room are pretty dark so you would be considered to be in you know like cover or dim light and you could uh yeah if you want to give me a sneak check and then start sort of lurking around the backside of the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, that's going to be a five. Okay. Um, um, yeah, they... Uh, it's not that dark. Well, it's not that dark, but they are very distracted. Um, Okay. You you go unspotted, and uh, maybe that's because there is uh, a sitar sword that is currently shouting at them, or if it's the cold malevolence of Narek's uh, visceral work with a longsword. But they've got other you know other matters to take care of here. Bigger so, fish to fry. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so you are able to uh, get around the outer edge of the room here pretty far uh, to the base of some stairs. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I'm good then. Um, Because I'd like to work my way up the stairs and then try and hit this guy from behind. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if that's as far as I can make it, I'm good. Uh, Alabaster, now it is your turn. So there's limited cover, but it's also dark Yes. um, on the edges. Weren't there... Didn't the last stringers have daggers? Uh, yeah. So the two, the two that are currently fighting Leyland do have daggers. No, the the last ones we fought didn't oh, they have yeah, daggers? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so two of them would have had uh daggers, and then one had a club, and then the other one had a longsword. A longsword, yeah. So, so Leyland has longsword, but that dagger is currently not Merrick. spoken for. <laughs> or sorry, like yeah, it's gonna happen. I'm looking yeah. at your name on Discord. <laughs> Well, two. There were two daggers. Yes. Okay. Uh, you I can have a dagger, a dagger if that's what I, had, I neglected. I had I neglected also the... found a dagger earlier, so I, I, like before we had that battle. So well, I, I just neglected to pick one up. So, um, uh, you can you can have grabbed one of those daggers if you would like. Okay. Sure. Um, and I'm. Um, how well do improvised weapons work? Um, improvised thrown weapons. Like, are uh, these daggers that are weighted well? These or... daggers would not be weighted well for throwing, necessarily. Um, let me... That would be something where you you could do, like, equipment modification to them to, you know, weight them properly for throwing. Okay. But um, the stringer daggers are not designed for that purpose, necessarily. Um 
you can throw them, but I'm going to say, given the quality of these weapons, you'll take a minus one to the attack. Because they are, they are throwable. It's just they have a lot of like hooks and edges to them that are not necessarily great for sinking them into targets. Uh, if okay, you did want to so use that as a throwing I'm... weapon, it would be range 30 uh, with no penalty, and then range 60 with a minus 2 penalty. Okay, so how close are we to this? the middle of the rotunda? Middle of the rotunda is 25 feet. Um, oh, so they're in range? Question they mark? are in range, uh, and you would be able to hit them. Yes. Okay, I'm going to throw my dagger at the the one still down here. Okay. Go ahead and give me a roll. Ah, uh, say uh, it's an eight. Okay. Uh, it whistles past and sends this creature skittering for cover, but uh, does not draw blood. So it wait, it can like run as a no, no, no. It just missed reaction. I, I'm or... just being oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm just being um, flavorful. Okay. Well, I, I maybe just preternatural because um, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to go hide behind the nearest whatever can give me the, the best cover and is yeah. within my, my range. I mean, you can. Uh, hell, I could just step outside the door. You could just step back outside, but like if you hunker down behind one of these pillars, it's it's like more than hard cover. It's like you are not targetable if you like. Okay. Yeah. If you hunkered down behind these. That's what I'll do. I'll okay. just go hide behind one of the pillars. Yeah, yeah. Along the left side. All right. Uh, Michigan, it is uh your turn. Okay. So I want to walk up to the closest person and hit him with my sword. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's and... still one down here on the ground level, so. Go right ahead. Yep. It's uh, like a D20 roll, D20 right? D20 plus stab plus either strength or dex. Oh, I have a zero in stab. So I guess it would total of 16 to hit. Yep. Uh, that will hit. All right. We're going to... I was going to treat this as like a short sword for now. Yeah, I think that's that's what I was going to recommend. So okay. Um, so a so four. Do you add dex to the damage to that? or? Yeah, you do. A total of five then. Oof. Yeah, it, brutal swipe into the side of this creature uh it is still alive and manages to uh twist its way in a vaguely inhuman motion that turns this killing stroke into a grievous side wound instead but you hear a muffled voice say the next shot will be your head (laughs) (laughs) and it's uh squawks and shrieks back at you in uncomprehending terror and confusion yeah <laughs> um Narek. Right. there's one to my right still so. yeah yeah the one that uh, uh michigan is currently uh exsanguinating yeah uh, i guess i'll finish him off for him okay so i'm gonna go for that head strike that the the sword just said <laughs> the surprise is it didn't come from him. Yeah, yeah. So. Go for it. Oh, that is a total of 11. Okay. Uh, 11 is not going to hit AC, but okay. uh, what's your shock value? Uh, it's two on the longsword. Okay. 
at at AC thirteen. Uh, you don't have a thing that like doubles that or anything, do you? Or am I? Oh no, well, that's that's right too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you bludgeon at this creature, and it manages to uh, throw up its dagger in a desperate defense, and. Um, you can hear the sort of ragged labor of its breathing uh, while confronted with these two overwhelming warriors. Sorry, uh, with shocking assault, the shock damage of your weapon treats all targets as if their AC was 10. Yeah, it, it does. The shock damage does okay. hit. It's just not enough to kill. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Fair enough. Yep. Okay. Um... And then uh, from the balcony, you hear uh, another horrible screech uh, as the archer takes its turn. And you hear, Talskins, no moving, drop weapons, or the other one dies. And uh, as you turn to look, you can see that the archer has uh, moved up onto this balcony and is pointing a drawn bow at the back of uh, Appa's head. What would you like to do? Uh, can I take this opportunity to go ahead and make my attack? Uh, yeah, and... I will need one more stealth check from you. Okay. Uh, that is going to be an eight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more than sufficient. Awesome. Uh, so you, uh, while you are, you know, skulking your way up the stairs, you hear this ultimatum. Uh, Michigan and Narek, uh, what do you do when confronted with this uh, this gleeful archer who has your not friend but like work companion? Co-worker? He's a friend from work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just like call a, him a friend from work. A loose associate. <laughs> this um, this poor roofer dying in a pool of his own blood. Yeah, the the muffled voices. I can play him a tune, but I'm not a thrown weapon. <laughs> <laughs> I could throw a knife at him. That's about all I've got. I don't know if I'm good at that, so I don't think I am. We're level one. We're not good at anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, mostly it's just do you do you continue attacking the. Uh, the stringer is still in front of you, or do you uh, drop your swords as order? Okay, I, I try. I, I call up to him. Here's the deal: you let him go, and maybe you live. You don't let him go, and everyone is going to die here. I want to live. You, and, and <laughs> all, well, and all the stringers are going to die. Um. <laughs> Michigan transforms the sword back into a scissor and puts it on his back. Okay. Uh, the the archer keeps the bow uh, trained in Appa's direction, and uh, moments later, Skip, you find yourself uh, stealthily directly behind this uh, diminutive corvid-like creature. How high up is this? Um, it's probably like fifteen feet. And I just. Push him off the balcony? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm just going to do that. Cool. I'm just going to do that and shove him off the balcony. And then if he's still uh, moving, I'm going to throw this tile at his face. 
Uh, yeah. So go ahead and just roll me like, uh, I guess an exert. Oh, I have that. Perfect. Let me, let me see if there's like grappling rules. <laughs> I mean, oh, shoving. Yeah. A strength go. check. Uh, uh, yeah. So. Yeah, so if you want to make a strength punch or strength exert, either one of those. Okay, I will make a strength exert then. Cool. Uh, that is another eight. Okay, yeah. Uh, do you say anything cool as you come up and shove, or you just push him? Hunter becomes the hunted. <laughs> Take this! There's a, a terrible little squawk of panic. Uh, and then a palm directly between the shoulder blades just punts this little creature out into open space. And and you can see the the reflex of flight is still built into them. They they flutter and they flap and they try to gain any sort of purchase. Uh, and then they thud right into the ground. Um, clearly not dead, but very dazed and unhappy about uh the the turn of events that has just taken place michigan plays, a couple, michigan plays a couple chords on this guitar and says swift retribution ten thousand years of agony your life is forfeit <laughs> oh my god um yeah i translate that for the bird uh yeah it's it's pretty much like uh just quivering at this point like there it it kind of whirls around a little bit it has no weapon to speak of it is surrounded on all sides by people with swords and it just kind of huddles there against the floor um in the ensuing commotion the other one takes the opportunity to uh bolt away towards the door and flee what happened to the bow? It just fell? Did it yeah. break? No, no, no. Is the bow okay? No, it's fine. The bow's fine. <laughs> uh, it looks like uh, this archer had a crude quiver with like six arrows left in it. Um, these mm. are not the arrows with the red-tipped distinctive fletching that you saw earlier. These are, as best you can tell, probably arrows made from its own plumage. Um, oh. And so they're kind of like a oily mottled black uh flighting on pretty pretty crudely made but still serviceable arrows and a bow to go with them on the uh stringer this bow would probably count as like a long bow but for you it is going to be decidedly a little bit smaller Okay, cool. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll take it. And so yeah, uh, you, the arrows as well. As you hop down here onto the ground floor or however you return. Um, so there's like a there's a small bow as one of the equipment. And that's just like a D6. And range out to 50 for no penalty and out to 300 with penalty. Gotcha. I'm going to just sort of grab the bow so that it can't yep. and then make my way back over to heal Appa. Because uh, I, I did start by go ahead and focusing the healing energy. Yeah. So that's still flowing through yeah, me. I'm going to yeah. make sure he's OK. Um, he is uh, not in great shape, but it's only been a couple rounds. So you are able to get there and it does it stabilize or does it also heal? 
Uh, it heals. It's two d six. Dang! So like you, yeah. you pump some full on grade A magic into that wound, and mm-hmm. um, a moment later, uh, Appa is sitting up, uh, looking pale and sweaty, and uh, grasping frantically at his throat, trying to find the ragged gash that was once occupying it, and uh, finds only newly healed skin and uh, his. You know, he wipes the blood off his hands and looks up at you with a teary amazement at the uh, the miracle that has just taken place. Uh, too stunned for words. You're going to be okay, but maybe don't go running ahead of us next time. <laughs> he uh, nods dumbly in amazement and uh, slumps to the floor to think about his very, very close brush with death. And uh, with that, the room mostly falls silent, aside from the uh, small warbling whimpers of this uh, creature that you have punted, and the sound of uh, slowly retreating footfalls of the other one uh, running frantically deeper into the building. I think... uh, Yeah, the, sorry, just to make sure that yeah. the the uh, not the gold or where the thing was. It's it was just a complete like ruse, like basically like a trap or uh, no. Like, what, what is that thing doing? Now? I mean, so that is there is a hologram that was likely here, you know, long before the stringers, and whatever corpse is here likely fell afoul of the same phenomenon that you experienced. And um, the possessions on their body are very real. And you, uh, you know, you stoop down briefly and you sort of run a finger over the uh, faintly oily surface of this currency and it feels legitimate. This is uh, just at a cursory glance, the body of an adventurer, much, you know, like you would expect. They're wearing armor and they have a number of pouches and pockets on them and a satchel where they would keep you know adventuring gear and things like that and uh their boots are muddy and worn and uh very clearly they've been dead for a couple days at least but um there is more equipment to be had here Yeah, but we definitely want to take a look through that. I think we will do that next time. I'm going to call it here for now. Thank you all for listening. I'm Waffle. I've been your GM for uh, session two or three. I think we're on three of... Episode three, session two. Yes. The Shattered Cosmos. Uh, I was joined today by... Daniel playing the unnamed Alabaster. KL playing Michigan. I'm Zach and I play Skip Wickham's. I'm Matt, and I play Neric Shadespear. Where can we be found? Find us at the Alchemist underscore Club on Twitter and at the Alchemist Club on TikTok. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at thealchemistclub88 at gmail.com and find us at all the podcasting places you can imagine. All right. Thank you. <laughs>